Otherwise, the Shadow Twala. See the world from a woman's point of view. Well, a very good day to you, Mzansi. Welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. The show is produced by Hazel Makuzeni, and our technical producer for today is Derek Fordyce. Our contact details are 0892 10 email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm or at safm radio. It's the 1st of October. It's almost Christmas, so I hope you started shopping for Christmas. On the show today, we hear about a family band, The Oak from Singer and Mom Mabongi Tusi, and then South African yoga teacher Meryl Erson, who is steeped in Indian culture, talks to us about the benefits of the practice of yoga. And then today sees the beginning of Rocking the Daisies Festival. Kate Ackerman tells us what to expect. But first. Chew on these wise words. The Lunch Bite on SAFM. Uh, yesterday I encouraged you to walk. And today I say walk mindfully. Think back to all the places that you walked yesterday. Perhaps to the car, to the bus stop, even from one room to another or up and down the stairs. In how many of those walks were you actually aware of the walking? And how many were done on autopilot? Any walking activity is an opportunity to be mindful of the steps that you're taking and to disengage from internal chattering. So happy walking. Dropping your toast butter side down, load shedding, stepping on Legos, the ever-buffering YouTube video, no airtime, cutting onions, and your phone autocorrecting Mondays to man boobs. That's not real drama. Being kidnapped by terrorists, being murdered at your office, being crippled by industrial sabotage, and generally being stabbed in the back. That is real drama. It's a dingle. Weeknights at 7 p.m. Find it on SABC3. The SABC is inviting all suitable cleaning services companies that can provide services for the SABC Western Cape. Tender documents are obtainable from 11 September 2015. They have been between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. at the SABC head office. And closing date for tender documents is on the 13th of October at midday. For more, for more info, log on to sabc.co.za. SABC, Voga Sizwe. Wendy Lohabe, Felicia Mabusa Subtle, Kathy Katwada, Shakes Mashaba, Terry Pato, Chad McClow. Find out who's next in the spotlight. Weekdays at 3 on our new talk. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, putting the ladies in the limelight. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. Gitusi, who has the band The Oak, and it is with her three beautiful teenage sons, Oetu, Andi Swa, also known as Zuide and Kanya, uh, Ndwandwe, who play piano, keyboard, bass guitar, and acoustic guitar, respectively. Before I even talk to her, let's listen to this.
Welcome to Otherwise. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Listen, how do you, as a single parent of three beautiful boys, get together a band? <laughs> Let me tell you something that is going to shock you. Now I've got a fourth boy. <gasps> yes. I've um, taken over my uh, 17-year-old nephew. So I've got four teenage boys in my house. <laughs> his mom passed away Aww. and uh, his father is uh, my brother who's mm. not doing well at all in Devon. Mm. And then he was looked after by my mother. So when my mother had a stroke, I couldn't help. So I took him. Now Aww. I have four teenage boys. Bless you. Amen. Because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, bringing up boys is not easy. Yes. Let's talk about being yes. a single parent firstly. Yes. And, you know, because, you know, bringing up boys, you never know what may happen. So <laughs> what can you share with us? What are your rules? What do you use to make sure that they are so beautiful and successful? Oh, Kosia, mm-hmm. I must first start by saying... Um, I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. So when I got divorced and I I had these boys with me, the first thing that came on my mind was that it's either I make it mm-hmm. for them and mm-hmm. their future mm-hmm. or I I lose them mm-hmm. right at the beginning. So I had to rearrange my thinking and how I was going to do things. I had to put aside myself and look into them, like, what do I want for them? Mm. So I was like, okay, I want them to be successful. How old were they at the time? At the time, the, because I have twins, these twins and mm. then the crew and baby. Um, so they were, from the time when I was actually, like, you know, there's a, there's a divorce before the actual divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like 10 and 8. Mm. Uh, the twins were ten, and and the family eight. So that was that. So they, but they kept me focused mm-hmm. because what will happen also then would be financial challenges as well, serious financial challenges. Mm. So I really had to do what our mothers used to do, where they'll say you tie your belt tight on mm-hmm. your waist and you get up and you. Work every time when I was looking at them, I had to work two jobs. You had to wear your big girl panties. I had a day and a night job, literally, two different employees. During the day, I'll go somewhere else and work, and I'll come back in the afternoon, fetch them, help them to do schoolwork and everything, and wear my night uniform. Go and work somewhere else mm, at night. Mm. Um, but I was just so determined every time when I was looking at this. The three pairs of eyes mm-hmm. looking at me, I just knew that, um, yeah, I have to come to my senses. Mm-hmm. So that, that just what it took. And also, I told myself that I refuse that they'll become a statistic. Mm-hmm. Every time when you're listening, um, which is true in a way, you listen that you see that, oh, the most 
people that are in prison are the boys mm-hmm. that are come from families that that broke down mm-hmm. the 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 most um, children that are not doing well the most of that all the negatives mm-hmm. so and i was like I don't want this to happen to my children. Mm. They are too beautiful. You can see oh. them. They're just too beautiful. Oh. Uh, I have to do everything. Uh, that's just how it started. I was just determined. But what sort of conversations were you having with them? I mean, did mm. they understand what you were going through? What, what mm. did you tell them? How honest were you with, yes. with your state yes. at the time? You know, it, it, was, it's, it was so funny because in a way it helped me uh, to... Open up. Mm-hmm. And I looked at myself. I looked at my life. I looked at my family growing up. I look at the way things are done, culturally and everything. Mm-hmm. I even looked down at why did my marriage break down. So, and I was like, I want to do things differently starting from now. First, from opening up. I had to open up about the finances. They had to know, though it's my money, I had to sit down with them. They knew my payday. Mm. <laughs> one job was paying me monthly. The other one was paying me le- weekly. weekly. Very little amount. So we used to sit down and I'd be like, tell me, what do you need? Mm. They'll say, I don't have a school jersey. I don't have that. I don't have that. And then we'll prioritize. If it's anything that doesn't have to do with school, I'm like, okay, let's put that aside. Okay, even with the school thing, I'm like, so you are first. <laughs> and then the others will wait. I'm, okay, wait for next week when I'm paid again. Mm. So they, they got to... We, we, we got to plan finances, the liquor of what we had together, but also it helped us to, to really understand each other. This morning I was really thinking that we used, I used to have a statement every time I would say to them, guys, we owe each other. Hmm. I'm going to work very hard to, to make sure that we move forward. Because I am old and I am employed, so that is my responsibility. That is my duty. But Don't my cry because you're going to make me cry and I promise can't do me that you're going to work hard at school. So I'll say, boys, what am I doing? They say, you're working hard at work. And they were 10 and 8. And then what are you going to do? We'll work hard at school. Mm-hmm. That was our chorus. So, now you're making my life difficult because uh, I need... So tell me yeah. about about the music. Where did it begin? I mean, who introduced you <laughs> to what? Yeah, yeah. Let me say you introduced me to music. Maybe I should share that whilst I'm here. On oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so many years. It's so amazing. When we finish here, I'm going to show you text message that I once wrote to you early in the year. I don't even think you got it. And for some reason, because we always delete things, it's still on my phone. I found it this week. It's still sitting where I was thanking you. And I was saying, thank you. Because long ago, when I was not even thinking that I'll do music, I used to listen to your show. You introduced me to African music. You introduced oh me. Word. First time I had Salif Kate, it was from you. The first time I had those people, Ella and I got whooped. Just loving it, mm. not knowing that I'll be doing it mm. at any time doing mm. music. Mm. But then now, so thank you. <laughs> Coming back now to how then do we end up um, being in music, it so happened that in all of that, uh, they found a good school that took them. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And they, they, they got into the school. When they got into the school, which was just so amazing that God now is taking them into the school with this good education. And then the school was doing music. Mm-hmm. I remember at first, actually, when, uh, when they came back and they said they wanted to do music, I said no, because I was like, ah, I don't have money for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, then the other part of me just thought, hey, you know, now looking at the divorce part of it, maybe it's going to help them into healing because I will never know exactly what is in their hearts Mm. out of this. Mm. So then they started doing music, that is the twins. But that's just how it started. And then the next thing, uh, they were doing this music. But really amazing how we started doing music in my house to this album is that one day, Church people came to my house. <laughs> and my pastor, Pastor Tladi, and his wife, Mama Anna Tladi, they were like, oh, there's so many music instruments in this house. What is happening? And then I told them, no, they're doing music. And they're like, you must give us a music uh, item on Sunday in church. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, what are we going to be doing? But that's just how we started. We put together a song. Immediately, I just thought of my mom. I didn't even have a song. Like, oh, my mom used to like singing that song, boys. Let's just do this. <laughs> But now, then they taught me how to play guitar. Now I play guitar. Your own sons taught yes, you how to play guitar. Yes, Amazing. yes. My youngest, Kanya, I think he was 13 mm-hmm. at that time. Then, then that's just how we started. And then we started doing uh, songs. Then the next thing I found myself writing. That This is all started in 2012. Wow. So when can people see you if they don't go to your church? Do you perform <laughs> in, in different uh, places? Yeah. Yes. I, I must and say, they stay at school, the kids? Right? Yes. The, the, the twins, they've just finished a metric. So they are in a kind of like gap year, but one is doing a... a I have a, a pastor in the house. <laughs> wow. Before he goes to university, he's going to go and do music at UCC next year. But he's doing a one-year program in church. One is at home. The other one is still at school. Oh, wonderful. Yes. So you do perform? We do We, we do perform uh, most of the time. But I'm, I'm planning for my show now, which will kind of like celebrating my birthday. This is all new. I'm turning 50 my yes. goodness. I'm turning 50 on the 21st of October. So can you believe everything is happening You must share the beauty, the beauty tip as well. <laughs> because it's, it's raising teenage boys. It's, it's raising teenage boys. You have boys. to be fit. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yes. Give them my love, will you? I will. I will. Um, one last thing that I wanted also to share, the good news, is that we've been nominated for the Cape Town Victory Awards. We've got three nominations, the Best Contemporary, Best Group, and the Best Newcomer. So we're going to be performing at the Artscape on the 30th of July. People must come. Tickets On the 30th of when? Of October. Of October. October. I'm yes. sorry. Yes. Yes, at the Artscape. Okay. So 30th the 30th of October. Victory Gospel Awards. Okay, and you look, they must look for the oak. Huh? <laughs> they must look for the oak first, they must go buy tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and then look for the oak when and they're in there. And then look for Mabongi Tusi and the oak. Do you have a, do you have a website? Uh, do actually, or Facebook our, our music is also, we find it on Amazon, you find it on iTunes, there's a video on YouTube, and yes, we have a Facebook page, Mabongi Tusi and the oak. Well, and we'll end it like this. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming. Thank you so much. I know, I know now, I know that I belong to the people so much.
I Choose Life is the name of that song. Coming up, uh, I'm going to be chatting to Meryl Urson, who's written a book, Way Out in India, Travels in a Curious Land, but predominantly she's a South African yoga teacher and uh, also a high school English teacher. And she's traveled extensively, you know, across many countries with her husband, who's a passionate photographer. And she's practiced yoga and taught yoga for two decades. And I was curious about uh, yoga, especially as taught in India. So, Meryl, hello, welcome. Hello, Shadow. Welcome, and thank you for taking time to talk to us. Yes, thanks for having me. Listen, um, yoga has become very popular in, 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 in South Africa specifically, the yoga rooms and practices all over, and I think it just makes us a healthier people, but also more connected people. Is that true about yoga? That is true. Connected to oneself, connected to the earth and to others, yes. So is there a perfect way of practic- practicing? And I see you traveled uh, to India and, and you've fallen in love with India and you must tell us exactly what you fell in love with. But I, I suspect one of those things was you, that's where you learned yoga, is it? No, not really. I actually learned yoga here in South Africa in Cape Town mm-hmm. um, from mo- uh, mostly from a lady called Isit Myers okay. in the Iyengar style, which I still practice. Mm-hmm. And the Mother Institute of the Style is in um, Pune in India. Mm-hmm. The guru who died in 2014 was the famous BKS Iyengar, very well known in the yoga world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to practice at his institute or to train there, one would have to go for 10 years to yoga classes, oh or at least eight, and be able to hold a, a head balance, stand on one's head for 10 minutes. That's the minimum requirement. But now listen, is this, okay, no, I'll ask about the standing on your head thing in a bit. But tell us about the different styles of yoga. Oh, okay. Well, this style is a very classical style, this Iyengar style, and it's one of three main ones in the West. Mm-hmm. There were Westerners who learned yoga in the, in the late 1800s, uh, early 19, around 1920, there was a guru who went to America. Mm-hmm. But the three main styles that came to the West came from a guru called um, Mr. Man, I've just forgotten his name, Krishnamacharya. He was Sri Krishnamacharya. Mm-hmm. So the Ashtanga style you hear of came through one of his students called Patabi Joyce. That's one of his flowing um, athletic styles. Okay. His son, TKV Desikachar, teaches a style still called Vini Yoga, which is very highly individualized, so not automatic at all. And this style that I practice is Iyengar Yoga. The guru, Mr. Iyengar, um, was very insistent on precision and alignment, and he introduced all these yoga props that you see around if you open a yoga book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the strict sequencing of poses so that there's a um, harmonious flow from one to the other so you don't harm yourself. And then now, lately, all kinds of styles have flowed out of these in the last, say, 20, 30 years maybe. Um, But mostly they all bear elements of these three styles. And yoga has become something else through all this. It's just transformed into something else entirely. Now, I see you don't mention um, what is a very popular style that I hear about a lot, which is Kundalini. Kundalini yoga, Mm -hmm. yes. Kundalini yoga. 
is based on the idea that there's a, a very powerful energy, a potential energy, let's say, in the body, in the human, that resides at the base of the spine, and if you awaken it, it roars up. It's supposed to create instant enlightenment, remembering that yoga is actually a spiritual practice, essentially. Please stay, stay on the line for me, Meryl. I want, I want to hear more about that. We're taking news headlines, and we'll talk to you again about Kundalini after this. Sure. Thank you. And here's Utile Saku. So, Utile Saku with news headlines. Thanks, Shadow. Good afternoon. South Africa's Consumer Confidence Index recovered in the third quarter after hitting its lowest in almost 15 years in the first six months. The Democratic Alliance has distanced themselves from King Buelekaya Dalingyebo, saying he is no longer affiliated to the party. Dalingyebo has lost his appeal in the Supreme Court of Appeal in Bloemfontein. And lobbyists who are both for and against the legalization of rhino horn trade have unveiled a plan in Cape Town to preserve the species. Dubbed the Integrated Rhino Poaching Strategy, the plan outlines seven endeavors that can be undertaken locally and two that pertain to the rest of the world. Details at 2 o'clock. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. And I'm talking to Meryl Erson, who's a yoga teacher, and we're talking about the different styles and just getting to understand yoga a bit more. So you say Kundalini deals with energy mainly? It deals with this particular energy called the Kundalini energy, which um, if you raise it in your body, which is quite an advanced thing to do, mm-hmm. it should bring you instant enlightenment. So it's, uh, the practices in Kundalini are geared towards raising this energy up, which rises in a spiral along the spine and through the crown of the head, which is then supposed to deliver you to instant enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So all the practices from Kundalini are, are geared towards doing that, um, and they differ from other practices. There's a lot of uh, kind of, um, I would say, quite he- hectic breathing practices. Mm-hmm. Um and people seem to love it, but as with all yogas, there are pitfalls along the way if it's not properly taught, and it's taught to people who are not really ready to receive it. What, what does the word yoga actually stand for? What does it mean? Uh, yoga means to yoke, as in yoking cattle to, together. Yeah. So, in other words, it um, connotes, I would say, bringing yourself together. It connotes connection. It connotes wholeness. In a word, ah, wholeness. Ah, ah. Yes. So you're, you're a yenga. Mm. Um, what sort of energy does it deal with or what does it do? Because I'm, I'm thinking all of us just go and, and do a yoga class, but mm. actually not quite aware of what we're seeking and, mm. and, and how to choose that class or choose the different styles, for instance. And, mm. and we, we love doing yoga because it, it's, it's like the coolest thing to do these days. But yes. <laughs> people do it for different reasons. So I'm just trying to get the benefits that uh, you get from the different styles that exist. Yes, well, I think that I'd like to say first that anybody starting out on a yoga journey should definitely do their shopping quite carefully mm. and not be afraid to sample the classes from different styles. Okay. Go in, tell the teacher, I'm here to try out. Try out and walk out if you don't like it because there's, there's, there's so many differences between the stars and the personalities of the teacher may not suit you. Mm. So that's really important as are the practical aspects like is there parking? Can you get there on public transport? Um, what does it cost, mm. etc. Mm. But this Iyengar Yoga style focuses 
very, very much on uh, providing everybody with yoga, no matter whether you're very sick or whether you're old or whether you're pregnant or whatever it is. Iyengar yoga, because it uses a lot of props, Mm-hmm. And because the training is much longer and more intense than most other styles of training, mm-hmm. provides a safer way, I would say. And no, no style is foolproof in terms of injury, yes. but I would say a safer way to go about a yoga journey. So when, when you ask teachers questions, what sort of t- questions should you be asking? Are there, is there some kind of certification that one can ask to see, to, yes. to, you know, to ask, you know, to, to, to be certain that you'll be learning from a reputable person, firstly, and secondly, yes. that they know what they're talking about? Yes. You know, you can ask, and they, people will often produce their certificates, but you know what's happened in the yoga world, in the Western yoga world over the last 20-something years, uh, from the 90s onwards, was that the Americans decided at some point that yoga should be standardized and the training should be standardized. So they created a registry called Yoga Alliance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're going to take, well, I mean, there now are about 20 million people practicing in America. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to take... So let's have thousands and thousands of teachers and try to create a standardized training for everybody. You're going to land up with the lowest common denominator mm-hmm. in terms of training. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what's happened. So there is a registry which people subscribe to and it's called Yoga Alliance Registry. Mm-hmm. What is required in terms of training is for the better studios, maybe two years of yoga experience unstipulated before you start training. Mm-hmm. And then believe it or not, you can become a teacher in 200 hours if you subscribe to Yoga Alliance. Mm-hmm. It's widely used here in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Now, that equates to about 25 working days of training. Some have more advanced courses, which might equate to about 35 working days of training. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you wouldn't even let your hairdresser touch you with that kind of training. <laughs> so it's all very well asking for a certificate from a teacher, um, but... What's really needed is that you go to the class and you see how the teacher behaves with people. What's her touch like? What's his uh, voice like? What's his knowledge like? If you ask him anatomical questions or what is the benefit of his pose, etc., mm-hmm. does he know? Do they know or do they just look good in sports clothes with lots of muscles? <laughs> so so I, I take it then one has to do the research uh, thoroughly and in, in order to, to know what to expect. Yes, but, but I'm, I'm a little biased. I would say anybody starting out should probably start with Iyengar yoga because wherever you might go after that, if you decide you don't like it, it gives a very thorough grounding because the teacher training requires the teachers to do yoga in that style for three years, which is very exacting, okay. and then to train for three years just for their first certificate. Mm-hmm. And they need not pass. I mean, there's, you know, not everybody passes. So I would not claim that it's a perfect system, but I would claim that it's a safer and more thorough system. So when, when you went to India and mm. as an Ayanga teacher, mm. um, did you visit other Ayanga teachers in India and was there much of a difference in what you did and what you taught? No, I went to Ayanga's own um, institute. It's... Um, it is, it is his, it was his, well it still is, but he's dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his institute that he founded and you train there for a month, that's the deal, or you can sign on for two months. Okay, okay. So, so it's intense, it's absolutely intense, very strict. 
Uh, I can't say it was enjoyable. It was fairly traumatic, <laughs> to be honest. But, um, <laughs> That's not inviting me to come to an Iyengi class. <laughs> well, we are not the institute in India, you know. We are lay people that have done the training, you know, mostly women, um, mostly older women. So it's quite a lot kinder. And if a teacher um, um, enforces that traumatic way of teaching, then the student is very free to leave after the first lesson even. Mm-hmm. So what, what do I benefit from my younger? Um, you know, I know that from Kundalini it connects me, it, it's, it gives me enlightenment. What does a younger give me? Well, all forms of yoga should have all the benefits, the physical benefits of improved flexibility, Mm. balance, stamina, strength. And then there there are the other benefits that come along, like, for example, that one's adrenaline should be regulated. So Mm. we, we mostly in the West function on very high adrenaline, unacceptably high levels of cortisol adrenaline. That becomes lowered. The blood pressure becomes more regulated the nervous system becomes calmer, the immune system improves, sleep improves usually. Mm -hmm. Um, Often eating issues disappear with um, constant practice of yoga. And then there's just also a way of being in the world where you become, I wouldn't say a perfect individual, I wouldn't say you go around in an egoless state of floatiness, Mm -hmm. but that your focus improves and um, some many uh, common disorders like um, d- depression improve. I wouldn't say lift entirely for everybody, but you do see these cases. Does it give me longevity? Yes, they do say that. In fact, there's one particular pose, and it's quite common. You often see people sitting in a cross-legged with their legs. Um, it's not a tight crossing. It's a sort of a loosely crossed pose mm-hmm. with the legs, the knees way out from the body. Yes. And the legs folded. And they say that if you sit in that pose for five, for 12 years, your memory will improve and you'll live a lot longer. <laughs> Listen, sitting like that for 12 years or 10 minutes a day for 12 years, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> that comes from one of these ancient texts. You know, they have some of these funny things that like, um, some poses will conquer any malady, even death. You know? <laughs> when you look at these ancient texts, some of them are a little bit funny. Mm. But it, it does, I think it does enhance the length of life because of the reduction in stress. You know, stress kills one early. But there's also talk about it, um, improving your sex life. Improving your sex life, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, That's all of yeah. this, hey? Well, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of um, yoga is focused on restraint. So I wouldn't say that um, celibacy is advocated for every, you know, through every style. But if you are healthier and if you are calmer and if you are more or better nourished and you stop eating junk and your blood's slowing, your circulation's good, of course your libido is going to be better. Uh-huh. Okay. You know? All right. Yeah. So what are the highlights of your love, love affair with India? I mean, what, what did you fall in love with? I fell in love with unpredictability. (laughs) 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 I fell in love also with having my mat of reality swept from under my feet and of finding myself standing on very unpredictably delightful ground a lot of the time Mm -hmm. where you think, okay, well, I'll go for a walk. I'll step out on the pavement, and then you realize, oh, no, there isn't a pavement. There's just a whole lot of people sitting there <laughs> trading where you should be walking and motorbikes parked and, 
elephants yeah. grazing on cheese and, you know, uh, or you say, okay, I'll go to the loo. And then there is no loo, there's a hole in the ground and you've got to organize your mm. bag and squat and, mm. you know. Mm. So at every moment, you can't be focusing on that, you know, material things or stress or whatever yes. because you're focusing on how do I manage the loo? Or yes. what are, how am I going to eat this thing? I don't even know where to start or mm. I don't know what's in it or, mm. um, I've never seen a color like that. Wow. I don't, you know, how do they make these colors? It's mm. just incredible. How long were you there for? Um, that was, well, that trip was a month. I did another one like that for another month just to try and see if it was me being insane because I was so traumatized <laughs> the first time. <laughs> and I've done several, several trips between those two after those two, and I'll be back there at the end of the year. Oh, my goodness. Well, you, then we may lose you. You know, at this rate, you may just decide to live there. You know, that's not so easy. No, they don't welcome you in so easily. It's very mm. hard to try and live in India, which I discovered. Really? Yeah, I didn't try. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I have to have my woolly low GI bread, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, they, yeah, all sorts of people try to get into India because it's on the march. It's really growing and it's a place where people want to be. Mm. Mm. It's a phenomenal development that's gone on there. Well, Meryl, where, where are your classes? Where do we find you? Oh, my classes are in Fresno in Cape Town. Oh. So I'm actually just up the road from your studio. Very Lani, eh? Oh, well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very Lani. Just real people. Just, we're all just real people at the studio. And then um, you can find me under Cool Head Yoga Studio. Cool Head. Cool Head. That's what we try and aim for, to have a cool head throughout all the storms of life. Cool head yoga studio. Now, yeah. talk to me about, lastly, I need to talk to you about standing on one's head. What's that about? Oh, standing on, on one's head does all kinds of things that are unexpected. Mm-hmm. The head balance is called the father of the yoga poses. Okay. And primarily what it does, any of these inversions do, is to uh, feed blood into the brain. Okay. And then, of course, because of the way we stand and the way we sit, by being upright all the time, often the organs are stressed. All the organs, the spine stressed. You know, you mm. see how people mm. stand and mm. sit. Mm. So being upside down, it gives the spine, the nervous system, the digestive system, reproductive, respiratory system, immune system, a rest and a boost so that they all become toned, they become stronger, um, and it's really, if you if you manage to learn to do the inversions without effort, what Mr. Iyengar used to call effortless effort, you come to a state of very deep calm being mm. upside down. Mm. It was the original position of most of us before we were born for quite a long time. So it takes us back to that quietness that we knew originally before we entered this noisy world. Well, Meryl, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Thank you so much for your time. And a great pleasure. Happy, happy Ayanga, huh? <laughs> <laughs> happy Ayanga to you. Thanks, Meryl. You take care. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Coolhead Yoga Studios in Fresno in Cape Town. She's got a book as well called Way Out in India, Travels in a Curious Land. Well, today sees the beginning of... Uh, the Rocking the Daisies Festival, and Stacey Furton is here to talk to me. Stacey, hello. Hi there. 
Are you are you breathing? Or is everything? I'm set? breathing. Is it's everything very set? busy, but I'm trying to remain calm. And that lovely yoga talk actually totally calmed me down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you. I know you needed that, didn't you? Just I before it. the it was, madness. It was, it was really helpful. <laughs> so talk to me about the madness that is rocking yes. the daisies. Everybody is leaving the city. Everyone Correct. is going to... What, what, what are we talking about? What are we expecting? We are expecting an incredible weekend of amazing, amazing 10-year anniversary celebrations. Is it 10 years? Um, absolutely. We, we started 10 years ago, and most of the crew that are working on the event have been working on it for... Ten years, five years, there's a real family behind the, the festival and mm-hmm. there's a lot of love that goes into it. Um, Seed Experiences is the, the event organizer behind the, the festival and they really were, this is, you know, the festival is the brainchild of Mark and Brian, Mark, of Craig and Brian, the two mm-hmm. directors. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are on site and, and they have been on site for weeks and, and have been building this amazing event. We, we plan this event for a year in advance. I'm so kidding. it really is an amazing, thing to see it all happening and, and being and being built. The guys have been on site building the festival for three weeks already. So I mean it's a it's an event on a huge scale. Well it it, it must be at the cost of nine hundred and fifty Rand a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> well that was, we we scaled our tickets um but I mean for what you're getting it really is quite a great we, we feel like that it's it's a great value offer. We we have over I think we have about ten stages. Yeah. We have um about eight international acts performing on different stages. So wow. that alone um warrants the, the cost of the ticket. But we also have amazing camping facilities. We also have a gourmet food court with restaurants from all over Cape Town such as Hudson's, Butler's, um, Gourmet Bury, those sorts of places. We also have um, a beautiful eco. We have we have a green village, um, and this year we also have a rugby world cup viewing village. So we'll be screening all of the games <laughs> so that people don't feel like they're missing out. Um, we really do. We have something for everyone. Our stages vary from rock music to electronic music, up and coming new artists. So, Stacey, um, tell me how many people you expect and how you expect to. Look after them because you need some security, I suppose. And absolutely, we actually have two security firms on site. One that looks after the bottom of the festival and the campsite and the parking lot, and we also have another two of the biggest security companies in the Western Cape. Um, who and the one is looking after the rest of the festival, the festival proper. Um, we are expecting twenty thousand um, people on site. So it is one of the biggest music festivals in South Africa. Um, we take a lot of time and energy to make sure that the customer journey from start to finish is as pleasant and as premium as possible. I mean, obviously, we can't please everybody, but we mm. certainly do our best to mm. try and make sure that they feel like... Oops. Then we lose her, but we lose, we lost her, as, as I was about to say, goodbye anyway. Stacey Furton, who's head of sponsorship at Rocking the Daisies Festival. I said the Kloof Wine Estate, it starts today, and it's in Darling, if you don't know where the Kloof Wine Estate is. It starts today, ends on the 4th, and everyone is talking about it. Everybody seems to be trekking to Rocking the Daisies. And uh, they, I guess they still have tickets available, but uh, you find them on, on, on your website, and you'll know what we're talking about and see the lineup. It sounds amazing. So whoever is going to Rocking the Daisies, be safe, travel safely and enjoy and have loads of fun.